was probably one of the most challenging things um, I've probably ever done in my life. Did you get a snake bite? Anything no, crazy? No, don't, no, don't say what didn't happen. <laughs> I doubt there was a dance coming out. There was no tunnel to come out of, was there? I'm guessing you didn't do a dance coming out of a tunnel. Uh, I'm not going to say if it was a dance. Oh, oh, little teaser, little teaser. <laughs> Whether I tapped or not, I went there with the right intention. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are in week two of free agency now, and a lot has gone down since we last spoke to you. I believe we were... Very excited about the Zadarius Smith signing last time that we <laughs> recorded the pod. Well, that didn't work out. Things have changed a little bit. Um, so a lot to talk about here, Garrett. Um, obviously, Zadarius Smith deal fell through. The Ravens pivoted and signed Michael Pierce. And now, as of Monday morning when we're recording this, have now uh, agreed to terms on a three-year deal with Pat Ricard. Considering that Pat is, you know, tweeting about his excitement, I don't think that one's going to fall through. I think that one's going to, that's going to become official. Um, so, you know, the Ravens are, are staying aggressive, you know, in free agency, which I, I like to see considering how aggressive everybody else in the AFC has been in free agency. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like both these moves. I think Pat Ricard, you know, let's start with him. Like he is somebody that allows the Ravens to play the type of offense that they want to play. And, he just he affects the game in a variety of ways and when you play like the Ravens have made it clear that they want to bolster up the offensive line clear holes in the running game and Ricard is an extension of that I know he's not an offensive lineman yep. but at times he's used like one and he is a road grader in the ground game and he just affects the offense in, in so many different ways so I think for the Ravens offense to be at its best Pat Ricard's part of this team. And I yep. think that that's that's a huge reason for the signing today. Well, I mean, this is one that we talked about in our free agency preview and whatnot. And I was like, this one just makes too much sense. Like, I, I felt like it was very important in terms of which guys to re-sign. Pat Ricard was very high on my list of guys yeah. that I thought the Ravens needed to bring back because of what you're saying. He's just so important to this offense. And, and really, you know, when the Ravens didn't have a deal done with him before free agency opened and he's out there on the market, even you were saying to me, you know, do we go more like three wide this year? Right. Or are we just going to kind of like continue to evolve the offense and maybe go in a slightly different direction with Lamar, you know, kind of banking on him improving as a passer and, and these wide receiver, the wide receiver depth that we're all excited about. Like, do they go in that direction? And today's setting to me says, nah, we're not, we're not getting too far away from the roots here. You know, we still want to play smash mouth football, run the ball a lot offensively, uh, you know, get those running backs healthy with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and cram it down your throat. And and to me, that is still incredibly important. As excited as I am about the wide receivers and as much, as much faith as I have in Lamar Jackson taking the next step as a passer, like he is best when Lamar can also run in third and five situations, third and four situations. Then Lamar Jackson's unique talents become even more dangerous because anything can happen, right? And to get in those third and four and third and five situations, you need to be able to run the ball well on first and second down. And Pat Ricard is a, a big help in doing that. Yeah, I think, you know, when we were talking, and as Pat sits out there on the market, you just kind of wonder, okay, is this guy going to come back? Is he going to go elsewhere? And you think about the possibility of him leaving. 
And when you entertain that, like there's not a natural replacement. Like I think that you like for example, well they they brought back Ben Mason, right? And and yeah. people were like, well, do they roll the dice on Ben Mason? But I mean, if it had to, if you had to, you could have gone down that route. But I, I don't think the Ravens. Obviously, that was a wild card versus a three time Pro Bowler. Yeah, and like even just body type, like Pat Ricard's three hundred pounds. You know, Ben Mason's not close to that, and he's a guy who was on right. practice squad last year. So like, it, it's a totally different like. You know, Bradley Bozeman left in free agency, and I know we can talk about that a little bit more, but, like, the Ravens have guys who they could plug in at center if they decide to make that mm-hmm. replacement in-house. It could right. be McCarry. Uh, it could be Tristan Colon. So they, they could go with that route. If Ricard were to leave, I, I don't think it's as clear-cut that you just say, all right, well, Ben Mason, step on up. You're going to be the guy. And and yep. so then you're like, all right, so how does that affect things? And then that's, you know, then you start thinking about, I guess, changing the offense to a certain degree. But... The Ravens now don't have to worry about that because Pat is back. And I, the other thing, too, that I like about yeah. him, like I think that his value to the Ravens is more significant than it may be to another team. And that's kind of the point that we're talking about yeah. here. Like He fits this offense so well because the Ravens play a type of system that not every team plays. Like The 300-pound fullback is not a mainstay in every offense in the NFL. And so I just thought that – like. Him going elsewhere, it never really made a ton of sense to me because I thought yeah. that the Ravens would value him. But it only, higher but it only takes team. one. But it only takes one, right? It only takes one team, and if the Ravens didn't have the, the cap space or whatever, like you know, and I and obviously the reports out there were that Pat wanted to be paid like a tight end, you know, and and paid like a Nick Boyle, for example, or, or more, you know, to be like a blocking tight end, and and understandable like he's been a versatile player you know he hasn't caught a ton of balls i think he caught what six passes last year um but like he has shown that and and, you know played tackle at times you know stepped in as an extra blocker on the line like his versatility i think he was trying to hit the market and say well i'm worth more than just your traditional fullback you know but the market the market dictates in the end what you you're able to get and uh i'm glad i'm really glad it worked out for both sides he wanted a combination of Um, uh Mark Andrews and Ronnie Stanley money. Hey, I'm a hybrid tackle tight end, baby. <laughs> 15 to 20 million get a year. It. Hey, hey, if you can get it, go for it. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm glad those pancakes are staying in Baltimore because I'm going to. Pancake morning for me. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a really good move. And, and you know, this is kind of the thing in free agency. Like, you know, the first couple days, you get all. All excited about sort of the splash in the Ravens. You know, Ravens mm-hmm. made a splash this year um, in the early days. Um, but then there's also like kind of building your core foundational pieces, and I think that's what you right. see with Pat Ricard, and I think that's what you see with Michael Pierce too, who the Ravens added uh, on Friday. And you know, like the defensive line uh, before the Michael Pierce addition, you're like, all right, who's going to play D line? Is it, is Matt BK going to play, uh, every position, a hundred snaps, hundred percent snaps, Ricard going back, Ricard going play <laughs> yeah. both ways. That's, that's, that's the real reason they got Ricard as a, as the dual player. Like he was earlier in his career. He can play both sides. That's the, that's the first question. And, uh, when we follow up with him after the contract here, <laughs> you know, we're looking a little light on the D line. <laughs> No, I think like like Pierce, I, I like that addition. Like, 
you know, I thought I thought when he signed with Minnesota going back a couple of years, like I thought he was somebody that the Ravens would try to keep at that time, and maybe they did. You never know what those conversations are behind the scenes. But I always liked uh, Mike. I thought he was a great guy. And he's another dude. Yeah. Who's well, an they undrafted. had Brandon Williams in the middle. They had Brandon Williams in the middle of a b- pretty big contract that they, you know, yeah, it would have been tough of, to afford you know? both those. So there's no them. way you could pay Brandon and Michael Pierce at that time. But now, you know, Brandon is an unrestricted free agent, and you know he's still on the market. And so the Ravens, I think, look at Michael Pierce as like we can plug him in as our run stuffing guy in the middle, which you still need that, right? I mean, J- Jelly. Justin Ellis is also a free agent, right? So, like, you need a big body down there to take on blockers and, and help stuff the run. Like, as much as we talk about it being a passing league, Joe Mixon's still out there. Mm-hmm. You know, the Steelers are still going to run the ball a fair amount, you know? Yeah, Nick, uh, Nick Chubb's a pretty good running back. Nick Nick Chubb's a pretty good running back, right? Who's the Steelers kid? Gosh, I... Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Najee Harris, right. They're going to run the ball a lot. So, like, you still need that run stuffer in the middle. But... The nice part about Michael Pierce is I think he gives you a little bit more as a pass rusher as well. I mean, we're not talking like an eight-sack guy here, but Michael Pierce could be easily a four, you know, he could be a four to five maybe Mm -hmm. sack guy uh, and offer a little bit more interior push to go along with Matabike where you get a little bit more value and, and maybe more snaps out of Michael Pierce. But, you know... He's got to come in in shape. Like, he, you know, he's missed a lot of football. He was a COVID opt-out his first year with the Vikings. And then last year, he missed a fair amount of time also. You know, and, and he's got to come in in good shape with something to prove. And I think he will. I like Michael. I always have thought he's a good dude and uh, cares a lot about the game. And, like, I think this is a prove-it year for him a little in a, in a little bit, uh, in a few ways. So I, I look forward to seeing him do that. You know, then the other move of free agency on the other end is Bradley Bozeman departs. Obviously, he's starting center last year, been a starting guard in Baltimore before that. He goes to Carolina on a one-year deal. And this was kind of surprising when you see the reported figures on this contract, around $2.5 million, the reported numbers for what he'll make next year. And I think a lot of people looked at him going into free agency and thought that he could get a pretty significant deal as a starting center. And he ends up getting a one-year prove it contract in Carolina. I think that to me has been one of the, you know, the bigger, maybe the biggest surprises of, of free agency so far. Right. Well, I think there's kind of a game of uh, musical chairs that I, I believe we discussed last podcast and, and a lot of teams opted to keep their own center. Uh, so there, you know, the drop, the market kind of dried up on Bradley. Now, obviously the question is, you know, why didn't the Ravens bring him back at that number? Um, you know, as you talked about earlier, you know, they have some some in-house options, I think, to to potentially step into that spot. You know, Patrick McCary can certainly do that. Tristan Cologne can do that. I mean, Tristan Cologne, let's let's not let's not uh forget that Tristan Cologne stepped in when Bradley Bozeman was ill, too ill to play against the Rams, and Aaron Donald, <laughs> right? Tristan Tristan Cologne stepped in as the starting center that day, and really the Ravens should have won that game. And mm-hmm. and it wasn't like Aaron Donald wrecked wrecked the game mm-hmm. for the Rams. He wrecked the the Bengals Super Bowl hopes, but mm-hmm. he didn't wreck the game that day in Baltimore. Right. And so like, you know, I I think that's worth pointing out. And and when the Ravens are trying to upgrade, you know, have a lot of needs, have other places where they need to spend this money. You know, bringing back Pat Ricard that we all love. You know. 
maybe they just stick with the in-house option instead of whatever, ponying up the two and a half or nearly $3 million that would have cost to bring back Bradley Bozeman. And, and of course, J.C. Treader, the former Brown center, is still out there on the market too, if the Ravens were right. to consider that option. Um, yep. So, so you know, I think the, the offensive line is certainly still like in flux. Like, I, I don't think, I love, as we talked about previously, like I love the uh, Morgan Moses edition, and I think that that will really, uh, that, that, that'll I'll add a lot. And since we recorded the last podcast, we had a chance to meet both Marks Williams and Morgan Moses and I really am fired up about these two guys. Like, I just think that they're going to fit great on this team. I think that personality-wise, they just seem like the type of players that will, will get along great in this locker room. I think that they will just add, obviously, the talent, but I just think that like Morgan Moses, as we're talking about the offense line, like he's a pro's pro. He's going to step in. You know he's going to yep. be available, and he's going to bring it every single week. And, and I think that I just – I was really impressed with both those guys – when they were in the building, and I think the coaching staff in the front office was as well. And I, I'm just, I think yeah. that they're going to add a ton to this team. I, I, what kind of excited me the most about Marcus was like, I don't know, you, just seeing him and, and thinking about like, man, we just got a guy in his prime. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and hearing him talk about like, I have, still have so much more left to improve on in my game, you know, when the Ravens previously have brought in guys like Eric Weddle and Eric, you know, Earl Thomas. And like, there's something to be said for, you know, okay, well experience and, and all that stuff. And I think that's important, but here's Marcus Williams. Who's had a, a fair amount of experience now, five years and is still in his prime and yeah. like still has room to grow. Like to me, that's, that's really exciting. Um, you, you know, the other, the other, obviously we shouldn't gloss over this. The other big news uh, of the past several days has been Deshaun Watson landing right. in, in Cleveland. That's kind of a big storyline. Yep. yep. Um, and, and I wrote a column about this today about, I mean, literally, it seems like every free agent, like big free agent, is going to the AFC mm-hmm. or like trade. I mean, other than Tom Brady coming out of retirement and staying in the NFC and, and Aaron Rodgers not defecting from Green Bay, you know, he stayed. And I guess you can lump, put Kirk Cousins in that category, but like other than those moves, I mean, literally the NFC, the biggest player, name player, the NFC has gotten is Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. who had a all, bad year last year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, just look at the names. Here, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run you through this real fast, real fast here. Okay, if my email starts working. And it's not. Well, I'll help you out here. Deshaun okay. Watson to the AFC North is obviously the big one. Russell Wilson right. coming over to, right, to the, the AFC is significant. Devontae Adams going from Green Bay to Vegas is huge. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is big. This isn't quite on that category, but over the weekend, the Ravens get Lyle Collins to to bolster their offensive line. The Bengals have gone to work. The basically Bengals. The Bengals did, right? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Bengals. The Bengals have gone to work building up their offensive line, which was their biggest right. issue, and they just went to the Super Bowl, right. so they addressed their biggest need. Right. Von Miller to the Bills. Mm-hmm. Chandler Jones to the Raiders. <laughs> um, Amari Cooper to the Browns. Yeah. J.C. Jackson stayed in the AFC to the Chargers. Randy Gregory from the Cowboys to the Broncos. I mean, Marcus, we did it too. We got in on the action with Marcus Williams from the Saints to, to the you know AFC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's just wild. I mean, the AFC West and the AFC North are loaded, loaded. 
Could do we, can we mean, do a conference? This is a good year for conference realignment. Can we propose that? Seriously. <laughs> My goodness gracious. It, I mean, the NFC is going to be Cupcake Central over there. <laughs> My yeah, it is. So, it, so anyway, I mean, I think it, it just to me reinforces the point of like, all right, we're not used to like celebrating in the early days and week of free agency. It's usually like, all right, be patient. You know, the Ravens will hit that second wave. We'll get some bargains. Some guys will get cut. You know, and we'll bring, bring them in. You know, well, Eric DaCosta said, nah, I'm I'm going in. I'm getting in on this. You know, with Marcus Williams and Morgan Moses, and you know what we've talked about. And and I know I was derailing on you. I'm still. I'm still not ruling out Zadarius. Even though hmm. I was I was getting on you about it, I'm just saying the guy's still sitting out there. Still right. Still sitting out there. Yeah, so, it's it it you know, when whenever the a player stays on the market, they're available. You know, like and sometimes you hear nothing until you hear something like we did with Pat Ricard. Like we hadn't really heard anything on Ricard up until this morning right. when the word was, all right, we've agreed to a three-year deal with him. Let's get it out. Like that was, that was the first, right. you know, that's what you hear. And so sometimes it's like silence, silence, silence. Okay. What's going on with Darius? What's going on with Calais Campbell? Like where are those guys going to sign? Oh, okay. Boom. They end up re-signing and, and well, it's. Cal- yeah. Calais is another one. He's so, just sitting out there. We're not hearing a whole lot. Right. You know, we didn't, there was, there was, you didn't really hear anything on Bozeman up until he signs. Like sometimes you just don't hear things. And I think that sometimes you mistake like a lack of rumor for a lack of action. And there's a lot that can be taking place behind closed doors that none of us are necessarily privy to. And, you know, that those conversations are being had by the front office and we just don't know exactly who they're having them with and, and, you know, how close we're moving to potential deals. Yeah. Well, with all that said, you know, this is the ultimate uh, buried lead here. Yes. Because uh, we got a guy today, we got a guy on the podcast who fans may have heard of before, and that's <laughs> the great one, the GOAT, Ray Lewis on the pod today. So let's jump into that interview with Ray. Thrilled to be joined by the GOAT, Ray <laughs> Lewis. Thanks for joining us, Ray. Uh, we want to talk first here at the beginning about your new TV show, Beyond the Edge, which debuts on CBS this week. Uh, so you're in the jungles of Panama, and I, you're back. I'm glad you're back in one piece, buddy. You didn't get bit <laughs> by anything wild. Did you get a snake bite? Anything no, crazy? No, don't, no, don't say what didn't happen. See what did not happen. <laughs> first of all, the first thing that happened is I don't know how I got caught up in this show. I just don't know. I, I don't know how I accepted going on this show. Um, but of course, uh, when I got there, it was whew, probably one of the most challenging things um, I've probably ever done in my life. Why? Because most of it was unpredictable and you just never knew what was coming next. But then I think the the friendships and the bonds um, that were created, I think it was like a real, it's like a spiritual awakening, man. It was like, you know, you're out there, you're out of your bed, you don't have food, you don't have water, you're sleeping on bamboo sticks. <laughs> and yeah, and snakes everywhere and black scorpions and 13 Ooh. different species of monkeys, howling monkeys at that. Oh, those are fierce. Yeah, which one to howl all night, and we got rained on. 
out of 15 days, probably eight of those out of 15. <laughs> so horrible. Just horrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's back it up a little bit for fans uh, who are not aware of the show. Give a little background yeah. as to what the show is. Yeah, so so basically um, nine celebrities got together and it's really to come out it's called Beyond the Edge and it's about coming out of your coming out of your comfort zone for a purpose greater than just you. So each celebrity had their um, own selected charity. Um, mine was John Hopkins Children's Hospital. Um, of course because of all the work I've done with them over the years. Um, and everybody else had a, a different, you know, um, charity. Um, and it was every, every day that you actually stayed, stayed in the 15 days, you raised more money and more money. But then you actually raised even more money with these mental and physical challenges that mm. you were going through daily, right? So you would pick up this call and they would tell you to come to this location in a jungle <laughs> and with no food, no water, uh, and we had to basically survive. And I think it's like almost a metaphor. What I truly believe, like our world should kind of adopt it, right? It's because none of a lot of us didn't know each other, but we had to figure out a way to work with each other, regardless of background, regardless of race, regardless of who you are. So it had to come to two ways, which is communication and love, right? To help each other. And then the, the, the teams were divided in a way that you could not choose a buddy to say, hey, let's mm. be a partner and let's go do this. You couldn't do it. It was random. Every day you had a different captain, mm. different schedule, d- different, right? Like right. how to put the teams together. So it was it was really um, a very th- a well-thought-out um, plan on how to bring all people together. I think that's kind of the ethos of the – the show itself of really talking about beyond the edge, but but for something much greater than you. Yeah. Now, now I know I know you were on there. A couple of other athletes. We had Mike Singletary, former athlete, mm-hmm. and we had yeah. uh, Meta World Peace. So, yeah. but I know knowing you, there's no way, and you can't tell us who who won the show. But there's no way you tapped out early, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no way. <laughs> It was like a bunch of country no, I, singers in you. I, I, I ain't telling you what I did, man. I'm just my blood pressure ain't been the same since. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I did. I, look, I think you guys will really. I think anybody that's watching the show would really. Um, it's 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 so entertaining because it's the unpredictable, and it's people in places that we don't go. That's mm-hmm. not what we do as human beings. You know, and so um, whether I tapped or not, all I'm going to tell you is <laughs> I went there with the right intention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, follow-up question on that. If there's one thing that Ray Lewis is scared of, like we could be talking to scorpions, the snakes, whatever. If there's one thing you're scared of, what is it? Uh, a great white. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> All right, so we didn't have any great white no, sharks in Panama. No, 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 no but seriously, like my, one of my one of my like phobias. I, I just I go I lose my mind um, around uh, snakes or you know, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> well, then you were in trouble. Fan. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of them. I'm not fearful. I'm not you know. I'm. 
if I see a snake, I'm not going to freak out, right? But if he's if he's within two feet, I will freak out. <laughs> <laughs> if it's over there, I'm okay. Well, once it gets close, it's a little right. different story. Right, right. It changes, man. So I was pretty, I was pretty cool, man. I just think that I think it was a really amazing experience. Um, and 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 honestly, I think more than just the challenges because they were brutal. They were brutal. Um, you know, you you had to be almost you know almost like a cross trainer or somebody who just was training a lot in mm-hmm. a lot of different things mm-hmm. because you're doing so many things that does not have a manual to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just conception and what people thought of. So, um, yeah, man, it was really hard, but I don't think I fear too much. I fear sleeping at night, not knowing what's going to come, you know, tap on my net. <laughs> tap on my net. <laughs> tap I- on my net, but. It was cool. That's that's cool. I know that you're obviously a incredibly competitive guy. So when you're in that scenario, like does that competitive fire that we used to see on Sundays come back out of you? Did, like are you asking if he did the yeah, squirrel dance? Never, and I don't. Yeah, I, I doubt there was a dance coming. There was no tunnel to come out of. Was there? I'm guessing you didn't do a dance coming out of a tunnel. But did the competitive <laughs> energy come out of you? I'm not gonna say if it was a dance. Oh, or not. oh little teaser, little teaser. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you, um, <laughs> it's always it's always competitive, right? And for me, it's easy, right? You tell me you can chew chewing gum faster than me, I'm gonna say you can't. Right? <laughs> so, but um, nah, I, I think um, the reason what made it so competitive once again is because you you were partnered in these unique things, events that we were doing and what made it even where you had to be more engaged is you had to help people, right? Who didn't necessarily have a physical strength or couldn't carry certain things, you know? So, so that side kicked in and now you, you have to race to this point and you have to get, put this in this. Oh my God. Gosh, guys, I still don't know how I did it. And I'm talking about it. I just don't know how they treat me to do it. <laughs> All right, so we got to talk some football uh, with you a little bit here, Ray. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know you know some of the biggest talking points around this team, and, and uh, issue number one or topic number one right now is Lamar Jackson and his contract. Yeah. If you were yeah. Lamar's advisor, would you say, all right, man, you get that guaranteed money right now. Get a big contract with some guaranteed money or or – would you say, hey, play it out, try to win a Super Bowl, and then go back to the table like Joe Flacco did? No, what I would say to him is, you know, everything, every decision that this big should be done, not only in prayer, but it should be done with the right counsel. Mm-hmm. And I just think um, I would encourage him to do go whatever route he feels in his heart. I, I'm, we're not... That's that. That's his money. Is this life? Whatever. But I just think, you know, throughout my career, the things that I learned signing my deals was having somebody who's done it before. You know, having somebody who don't need nothing from you, from you. But the game has a window to it, right? Opportunities has a a window to it. So I would tell him, I just hope that every T is crossed, every every I is dotted to understand the entire scheme of what's being left, what's not being left, what's mine, what's not mine, what's possible, what's not possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think once you get there, man, you can start, he can really start to 
whatever, wherever, wherever he is. Um, and I said this on the Rich Eisen show earlier, you know, I just hope he understands that his decisions are much bigger than him. You know, um, that's what I understood, you know, in my career that my impact, right, totally different than Lamar's, but my impact was not just football. My impact was people and the community and my city, right, Baltimore. And so that's the things that he has to weigh out about this decision. And hopefully he does it sooner than later, man. I I would not want to see nothing crazy happen and Lamar not be in Baltimore. Ray, you bring up a a cool point, which is, you know, that's bigger than him. And and honestly, since you retired, he's, there's been great players here, but he has connected with fans here in a way that I've only seen since you played. Like it's, it's a different level and there's like so much buzz and excitement. And when he's out here at training camp, like the energy around him is, is just different. And, and honestly, I, you know, I, I've said it before that like there was a, when I saw that it was the first time I'd seen it since you, you were playing. So like, how is it to watch that? And, and do you see that too? Like, do you feel that? And, and how cool has it been to yeah. see that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Certain people have what you call the it, right? He has the it factor. And that's what makes him, that's what makes people want to play with him. That's what makes people want to play for him, right? They'll do anything. And that's what makes fans. And that's what actually what makes fans like go crazy over him mm-hmm. because he has that it factor. He has that it factor, and and that is so special. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, um, I'm sorry, guys. Oh, you're good. But it's so special what what Lamar has that it's contagious, right? That's that's what I'm telling you. This is what makes. Um, you know, leaders like him, and, and this is why I say he has to understand his impact beyond just I'm Lamar Jackson and I do this, right? Because he has something that's uber special and he has to, he, you, you, you have to hold it and protect it like a baby, right? And you have to know how important you are to people and, and, and not just football, right? And I think, I, I really do, man. I think he really gets it. I, I just, I do. I just think he's doing some of the things that we have saw the conventional way of doing it. He's done it. He's done it the opposite. Right. And everybody has their own choice, right? Nobody, you know, when, when Joe made his move and, you know, decided to ride out, you know, his deal, right. He had the best postseason that we have seen. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then after that, people was like, Oh my gosh, he was a genius. You know, he figured it out. <laughs> You know, he did his thing. And, you know, I, I know Joe and Lamar are two different quarterbacks, but I'm just saying from an impact standpoint, Lamar, I think, has a much bigger um, 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 crown to carry. And, yeah, I just think he needs to think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. really a lot. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so you were in the house. You were at M and T Bank Stadium for, uh, for at least like, one game. I remember the camera going up to you and you hyping up. The fans getting them going, and, and, and I'm sure it, it pains you some to see some of the defensive uh, troubles that the the Ravens had this past season. You yeah, good? I think it. I think it pains me. I think it pains me. Uh, you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. I got you. Yeah, I think it pains me. Period. I, I like I, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of watching. Um, 
defense, like from that perspective, one of the one of the reasons because of the rules of the game. You know, it's just it's so diluted, man. It's it's so bad to <laughs> to see that these guys work their butt off and practice all week, get themselves to a position, and then that's snatched away from them because oh, you didn't you tackled the quarterback a little bit too hard. <laughs> <laughs> you took him to the ground. And so for me, I think um, all defense for me is like my head is like, oh, really? So even <laughs> Ravens, man, it's just like, you know, it's ran by a leader, right? You got to have a leader. You got to have someone who understands the entire thing, not just what my position is. For yeah. sure. Awesome, White Ray. Well, it's, it's really good to catch up with you. Uh, I appreciate the time that you've given us. Fans, make sure you go watch Beyond the Edge on CBS. See how Ray holds up in Panama with the snakes and the spiders and everything else down there. Uh, <laughs> guys, I appreciate you guys, okay? All right, thank you, man. All right, thanks, Ray. All right, great stuff from Ray. And as sports fans know, the sports landscape is always changing. This week is no different. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. This still has daily fantasy options for those who are looking to have some skin in the game, even right now. So it's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. You can assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap. And then you sit back and you watch your points pile up. So go ahead and download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code FLOCK. Users will get a free entry with their first deposit. Again, the code here is FLOCK, and you can do that at DraftKings. So go ahead and get that done. Um, now, in terms of Ray, it was great to talk with him. We'll see how he does on the show. Um, you know, it, that's – I would think that he goes really far, but, you know, when we talked to him about it, it didn't make – he didn't, like, make it sound like, oh, yeah, I'm going to win this thing. Now, maybe he was just, you know, know, kind of throwing us off the scent. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't sound too confident. <laughs> I tell you, if if Ray got beat by a country singer, I'm gonna have to give him some some smack talk on that one. That's right. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't think I won't yeah, right. smack talk Ray Lewis. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. You know, it was also it was it was um, you know, as we finished that interview, like like I told him, it's just been interesting to see. Lamar Jackson develop into the the type of player with the response that he gets from fans in Baltimore. And, and, you know, it sounds like Ray sees it too, the same thing I do, which is just that like the response that he gets is it's just different. And as Ray said, like as Lamar goes through this process, like it's important to, for him to kind of understand that it is bigger than him. Like he impacts the team, the organization, the community Mm -hmm. in such a significant way and that's definitely right. something that Ray understood. And I think that, you know, I do think Lamar understands that too. But it's just, it is, he his, everything that he does has a ripple effect to so many different people. And, yes. it, and it was just interesting to hear Ray's perspective on that because he's kind of uniquely positioned to understand that. You know what I was actually thinking, just briefly, because we're going to wrap it up here soon. But I was thinking about this this weekend with Lamar and, and the contract and it's just so unique the way he's going about it. You, you know, it's also unique is like him in terms of endorsements. Like this is nothing new, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson probably could have signed a, you know, many, many million dollar deal with any of the big athletic sponsors. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't, you know, like he hasn't. 
And, and it, it kind of like leaves you being like, does Lamar not really care about money? But that's clearly not the case. You know, what he said to LeBron James, you know, like right. I've always dreamed about being a billionaire. And like, I just think that Lamar has like this ultimate like confidence in himself and belief that like, I'm just going to make my own brand. Like I'm going to do it different and I'm going to like wait and I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to be like so big that like, you know, what if George, Michael Jordan had started Jordans without Nike? How mm-hmm. rich would that have made him? You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting to also think about it from that perspective that like, this is not s- s- something new that like Lamar's going about it uh, a different way. Yeah. I think that, you know, we've said with him many times, like he's, he's a, a unique player and person and he takes, he like, he controls his own destiny in a variety of ways <laughs> in every way. And he's just, he's going to do it by the rules that he wants to. Um, and so mm. like, like I said before, <laughs> well, and, and, and the more you see these contracts roll in, like Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed contract, you know, mm-hmm. which is a, a record setter, a history maker, you know, I mean, we're getting into baseball style contracts now, right? You know, the, when you see those contracts start rolling in, you're, you go, all right, I, I kind of see what Lamar's doing the longer you wait, you know, right? Well, it's to make a whole lot more sense. Well, that, that is another interesting point that you make and, and how these new deals will impact the quarterback market. Because like something that we know is that the deals just keep going up. And as soon as somebody signs yeah. the highest, the biggest contract, the record setting contract, well then the next guy breaks it. Almost and almost always that's how it plays out. So now you're getting 200 plus million fully guaranteed. What does that look like in a year or two for the biggest contract? And if Lamar keeps right. playing the way that we all expect him to, Hopefully wins the Super Bowl in that time. What's that contract going to look like? A lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of zeros on it. Yep. A lot of zeros yep. on yep. it. For sure. For sure. Anyway, thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net, and we will be back with you probably later this week. We're, we're working on another guest for this week, so stay tuned.